0: This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with Scott Johnson, the overall leader in the 2018 FFPC Main Event, a contest that will pay out more than $2.2 million along with a $250,000 grand prize. In this episode, we'll talk about his expectations for Chris Godwin and Jared Cook going forward, along with why he thinks Peyton Barber should be on high-stakes benches this week. You can follow Johnson on Twitter at CoachJohnson717. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the RotoViz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here is 2018 FFPC main event leader, Scott Johnson.
1: High Stakes Lowdown here. It is the regular season edition as we are back after all the madness and the drafts are over with. Uh, the live events for the FFPC at Planet Hollywood are complete, and I'm pleased to be joined this week on the Lowdown with the man in first place, or, or part of the tandem, I should say, in first place in the FFPC main event. It's Mr. Scott Johnson, Coaches Crunchers. You saw if you listen to the um, High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour uh this past uh summer to the pros versus joes you heard him draft his team there you've also heard him co-host that show before with me and it is a pleasure to welcome you to the lowdown this week my friend
2: oh the pleasure's all mine bulky i really appreciate you having me on
1: hey listen before we get into uh fantasy let's uh tell the listeners when you are not crushing the uh, ffpc main event at least for one week <laughs> what uh what are you doing for a living <laughs>
2: Bulky, I thank God every single day that I'm in Carrollton, Georgia. I'm a teacher and a coach. Uh, obviously, with the with the moniker I use for my for my teams, um, coaches crunches is what I go by normally. And then when I'm with a partner, um, it's coaches and then something else. So this particular team name is uh, coaches and Billy's mission. Um, I've been a been a teacher and a coach. This is my 25th year uh, of doing that, and I've got a Beautiful wife, four daughters, and uh, I'm busy. I'm busy you, all the time.
1: You definitely are, and you were busy uh, this past weekend. I, I know you drafted a bunch of teams out at Planet Hollywood. Uh, we actually, I, I, w- I was coming from the gym uh, there, and we had a discussion um, one morning about what you should do with your first uh, pick in one of those drafts as well, too. So I know you were you were constantly thinking out there. Con- the gears were always turning, the smoke was always rising, uh, no matter the time of day out there. And I know it is early. Uh, but you've been playing the FFPC main event for years. It's got to be very cool to to see your name uh, at the top uh, of the first leaderboard of the season. And tell us tell us a little bit too, because it's not just you uh, running this team, but you also have a very thoughtful, very pensive co-manager
0: as well.
2: Yes, Billy King is my uh, co-manager, and he's uh, he's actually my wife's uncle, and uh, we just call him Uncle Billy. And, and he is a great partner to have in fantasy football, um, mainly because he's uh well he's super cool, but besides being super cool, he's uh he's got a little bit of money, and that always, is always nice. <laughs> and he lets me make all the major decisions, and uh, um, he chimes in when he wants to. But um, you know he's he's kind of that silent partner type, and uh, it's it's worked really well. Um, you know, I've been coming out to Vegas since 2007 and um, never, never been close to uh, to what what the score we put up this week. And I'm just humbled by the, the opportunity. I, I know it. Like you said, it's way early. It's one week. But I mean, come on, it's it's pretty cool for, for one week. But, um, Balky, I will let you know. I'm staying humble because not only do I have the number one ranked team out of 1,800, I also have the 1,774th ranked team.
1: <laughs> twenty, twenty seventh last place and first place. I, it was so great because um, I know you posted on Twitter um, that you know that you were you know, the Bible verse about God telling us to be humble, and uh, and we yeah. were in 1774th. And I'm thinking to myself. You know, aren't you in first as well? And I didn't say anything. And then David Hubbard, a uh, uh, former guest of this show, uh, 2016 FFPC main event champ, he chimes in. He's like, yeah, but what about your other team, though, that was in first place, <laughs> which I, I definitely appreciate it. I'll say this, though, Scott. Yeah, David, and, and,
2: David's a good guy.
1: He's he's fantastic. He's he's awesome. Great friend of the show. Great, uh, great friend of the FFPC, really. Um, I'll say this. The uh, the Scott Fishbowl uh, launched obviously th- this week, and I didn't even I didn't I didn't check to see how my team was doing. And David Ganos, uh, who I was playing this week in the George Costanza division, uh, tweeted out uh, that he was super happy about his performance so far. Then he looked at my score and couldn't believe it. And I'm like, "Well, is my score that good?" And I looked and I put up I ended up putting up a 294 this week in week one. So I am in first place of the Scott Fishbowl overall after one week. And I'll and I'll tell you this. It, it is. I know it means nothing, and it's going to change. It is still super exciting, <laughs> you know, to see your name. Whether we're it's kindred spirits, exactly, Falky. exactly. We are kindred spirits this week. This is awesome. Whether you see your name at the top of the FPC, the the you know the Football Guys Players Championship, the main event uh, of the FFPC, the Scott Fish, but whatever it is, it is. It is much cooler to see your name up there rather than, you know, way down there. And you get to experience both ends of the spectrum uh, in the main event, which is kind of cool. But, <laughs> but it's definitely, I mean, like, I think you put up, what, a 239? Is that right? 239 in week one or 235, uh, something like that?
2: Two, 237.75. Now, I think the, the gentleman that's uh, leading the FPC put up the 239. So
1: that's what he's it was. got a big score as well. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, it's it's always awesome uh, to to see that no matter what. Uh, let's talk about uh, this first place team uh, that you drafted out at PH in Vegas. When it was all said and done, and you looked at the team right, you know, right after the draft, what were your initial feelings, thoughts on the
0: squad about how good this uh, team could be this season?
2: Well, uh, let me let me give a, a plug for the FFPC because the the drafts out at Planet Hollywood were just so much fun it's it's awesome to go out there the adrenaline rush the face to face competition i mean obviously being a being a coach for all these years and and having competed in sports um all my life, I just love competition and while it's great drafting online and I do that all summer uh doing it face to face is is just um there's nothing like it out there in vegas and and you guys just run such a you know uh, alex and and dave and chris and you that that's that's the best. So when it came to that particular draft, bulky, that was my last draft. That was the Saturday morning, 10 o'clock, um, main event. And I wasn't really happy with some of the things that, that uh, we had done up to that point. And I just didn't, well, obviously with the 1774 team, you know, I, I could see the writing on the wall with a couple of things we've done. So we took a totally different approach. Um, and actually, it was one that I have not taken before, but um, we'll get into that a little bit later, I think. So um, this team, though, it does have some holes. It's, it's, uh, it's got some issues that are going to have to be squared away with, with waiver wire. The waiver wire, if I win the waiver wire, that's going to be key. But I've got some stiff competition in this league because the aforementioned David Hubbard is in this league – um he drafted in the 10 spot dan williamson drafted at the one spot and 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 the other the other guys in this uh i was right next to coach mo how cool was it to draft next to uh, a former nba player and coach you know so that was a fun league to draft with um a lot of a lot of veterans there a lot of good players it's going to be it's going to be key that i win the waiver wire
1: yeah obviously that's that's the biggest thing right now is is making sure that you know not only that you win it but you're you're making sure even if you don't win it you're not getting beat by it uh, and beat by the other teams to you know in the chase for all these players that are about to become available. Um, let's talk about uh, the, the nuts and bolts um, so the, the Patriots running back situation uh, is always a key one for fantasy football. I think about people who try to exploit it and get get the right guys. Uh, other people just avoid it entirely because uh, bill you know the, the, the argument is that Bill Belichick is so game plan specific that's it's, it's so t- so difficult to pinpoint which back he's going to use on a week-to-week basis. So you had the option of, of staying away from it or uh, embracing it. You embraced it in this draft. You get Rex Burkhead. You get James White as the pairing there. You did not take Sony Michel. Tell us a little bit about why you avoided him but made sure you got Burkhead and White.
2: Well, it's a, it's a real coincidence that you happen to be in the Costanza League in the Scott Fish Bowl because I took the Costanza approach in this draft, and if everything <laughs> I've always done is wrong – then I'm going to do the opposite. And for years I've been a stay away from New England backfield guy, and, and it's just – it's not – I've come to realize, and, and I've talked to a lot of guys who are super successful, and, and uh, it's not the right approach. It's – it's you know, I have to have approach. I can't cross anybody off the board um, ahead of time, and I used to do that with, with some players, and especially with New England running backs. Rex Burkhead, I think, right. is highly undervalued. Um James White is, you know, both of their stocks uh, also are going to go up because Jeremy Hill tours MCL and and, and he's done now, um, MCL or ACL, whichever one, either one, he's done. And uh, Michelle, I've never had confidence in. I mean, you know this, bulky, I live in Georgia, um, and this is uh, this is right in the heart of where Sonny Michelle uh, is from, and I've seen him play numerous times. I'm just not a believer that that he's going to come in and take over from from two veterans like that. So I I didn't want any part of Michelle, never drafted him. In fact, I don't think I have any stock in Michelle in anything, and and you know how many leagues I'm in, so I don't have Michelle one time.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and to that point, you have Rex Burkhead, a guy that the Patriots signed away from the Bengals and protected him in this preseason, being extra cautious with that knee. And then on the other side of it, you have James White, who not only has has been a trusted part of this backfield for a few years now, probably should have won a Super Bowl MVP for his performance against Atlanta a couple of years ago. So, oh, yeah. and, and when you have those two proven guys, those two trusted guys, and you're talking about a rookie running back who has fumbling issues on a Bill Belichick team, that's that's probably reason enough to. If you're going to pick two of the three, uh, you certainly picked uh, the two that I would have gone with. In fact, I'll say this too. I don't think I think I have Sony Michelle on one team, and that's the, a team I also have Burkhead on. And I have Burkhead and White in, in plenty of other spots, too, as well. So you and I are, are definitely of the same mind on that one. Switching to receiver here, Scott, we talk about um, Deshaun Jackson's big week, uh, one against New Orleans. He's uh, Now he's he's already hurt. You know, There's some talk that he may miss this week. Um, you have Chris Godwin. Shocker. Yeah, exactly, yeah, I know. Uh, stop the presses. Right now you have Chris Godwin in your starting lineup for this team. What are your expectations? Let's just assume, it for the sake of argument, let's just assume he doesn't give this starting gig up. If he does start, uh, against, uh, or if he does start over Deshaun Jackson, this Sunday, if, if, you know, if Jackson misses or whatever, if he keeps that starting job all season, what are your expectations as far as where Chris Godwin will finish among receivers this year? Uh, if that, if that is the case,
2: I love Chris Godwin first and foremost. I, I just think, I think he's going to be a star in this league. Um, and I did not get him in the other main events. Um, Billy and I got – we had him. I mean, he was right there and then, boom, right in front of us or a couple picks in front of us. And, and it was so disappointing because he was, he was one of the guys. I didn't have him circled. I had him highlighted, circled, and starred. Um, so it was, I, I had to have him in this one. Um, we went earlier than we, – we took him at 11.7. Um, which is about where he, he got taken in the, in the leagues. No, he got taken 10 point, uh, 10.10 in one of the leagues, where I was going to try to get him in the 12th. So knowing that, um, I, I grabbed him at 11.7 um, because I, you know, I didn't expect Jackson to do as well as he did, but I certainly expected Jackson to get hurt like he did. So I have no fear of, of Jackson being the starting wide receiver. I think Godwin's going to take over here and, and it's going to be a wallet pip situation. Godwin's going to be the man. I think he's got top 30 potential could be higher than that, but I think his floor is, is a top 30 wide receiver for this year. I really do.
1: Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of people, uh, pundits and, and analysts out there saying that, you know, regardless of injury to to D-D-Jax, Godwin is, is going to be the guy to own. He's going to be the second most valuable receiver uh, out there this season. For Tampa Bay um, and now you have the injury to contend with. It's, it's certainly definitely a possibility that Godwin uh, does finish in the top 30 for receivers this year. Um, we've been switching positions here. Let's switch again to the tight end spot. This is one of the, the, the um, uh, positions we always like to talk to when it comes to the FFPC because of the point and a half per catch uh, tight end premium scoring. And the fact that uh, the FFPC main event is a a dual-flex league, so you could play two tight ends, three tight ends, one tight end, whatever you want to do. And that obviously makes for some compelling drafts and draft strategy. Now, you waited on tight end in this league, and it obviously paid off for you, at least for week one, with Jared Cook going absolutely bananas, nine catches, 180 yards. Um, do you normally find that your better FFPC teams, your better football guys teams, that they do not have an early drafted tight end on them? Um, or has it been hit or miss? Have you had success both ways?
2: Balky, I'm going to be totally honest with you since it's, you know, just you and you and me here and, and uh, tens of fans listening to this. <laughs> um, you know, You're too I, kind. I, I, I don't know. I don't know um, what it's like to draft like this because this went back to uh, doing something different. Um, I I always draft a tight end. Billy loves tight ends. He wants me to draft two in the first six rounds every time if we can. And he wants Gronk and he wants somebody else. And and uh, we did get uh, we did get Gronk in one of the the main events. And um, Trey Burton, what a disappointment in week one. We got him. Um, once and I wanted him several times I'm really high on him and I hope he you know hope he bounces back for uh, for later you know one week is is one week right but um, you know we just uh, we, we were gonna wait on the tight end in this one but at some point I wanted to actually get one and then we get, so we start getting sniped um, the, the two gentlemen that were drafting at the four spot um, picked a guy who'd already been picked and had 20 seconds left. And, and then um, the countdown's on, five, four, three, and then they just shouted out, Tyler Eifer. <laughs> and, man, I, I mean, it was the ninth round. I thought he was going to make it to us, and uh, that was who I was, was targeting. So we didn't get him. So, you know, in the ninth round, I went with, I went with uh, below Powell instead because I really like him and, and uh, went, went a different direction. You know, there's always somebody else, but this happened to be a different direction. And that continued. All the way, um, bulky You know how we take breaks out of the the live draft. We take absolutely. breaks to go eat. Yep. Well, we draft. We 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 uh, we stopped after the 12th round. We still don't have a tight end. <laughs> and uh, I sat down with Billy, and and I actually sat down with my brother as well. And and my brother absolutely loves Jared Cook. He's been drafting him all summer, and I've been looking at him and saying. Seriously, man, what what are you doing drafting Jared Cook all the time? I mean, he's he's just an average tight end. So at this point, average was about as good as we were gonna get. So I nabbed him at, at uh, 13-7, and it, it, Bucky, it's just it's a dumb luck because if we'd have gotten Burton, we wouldn't. You and I would not be talking right now. If, if we'd have gotten <laughs> Eifert, we wouldn't be talking right now. I mean. Him scoring 31-plus points um, is, is the reason why our team's in first place because, of the, I mean, we would have put up a respectable number, obviously over 200, but we wouldn't have had 237. So, so a lot of luck involved, as you well know. And by the way, we did get Cameron Brayton the 15th, and I thought that was um, a, a good backup for us to have once Winston comes back.
1: Yeah, good backup and good value on Cameron Brayton as well. I don't know why when you were telling that story about – and you'll appreciate this, you know, given your coaching background. I don't know why I got this image in my head of, you know, the guy who they, they, they try to draft somebody who's already been picked. They're 20 seconds on the clock. It's like the shot clock running down in, in the NBA, and a guy throws up a 35-foot three and banks it in. <laughs> and it's just a total, yeah. it's a total gut punch to you because that would have been the guy that uh, that you were taking there. But certainly you, you had to be thrilled, obviously, with the performance of, of Jared Cook in in, uh, in week one. Um, one of the guys that oh, yeah. was super compelling to watch to see how you know where he went in drafts and he was all over the place, this Le'Veon Bell situation created such a mess out there. How bold were you guys with James Conner in this draft of where you selected him? And, and then how do you, as a follow-up, how do you see this Le'Veon Bell situation in the Steelers' backfield? How does this resolve itself? Uh, how does it play out this season?
2: Uh, we took... James Conner at seven point seven, and, um, and uh, we both knew he wouldn't make it back to us. Uh, we we already had McCaffrey, we had um, Burkhead, and we had Peyton Barber. So it was a bit of a of a, of a stretch for us. In fact, that's where we should have taken you know, maybe a tight end or, I mean, we had three running backs. We had three wide receivers. It's the seventh round. We can go pretty much anywhere we want to. And, you know, Billy, Billy put this, his, we had a computer up with, uh, um, some info on it and he put his finger on James Connor. And I said, you want to go there? He said, why not? And, and, uh, it, you know, that makes a lot of sense because, um, you know, I know you have, right? I have, we've taken stupider picks earlier in drafts even. So <laughs> why not take a, why not take a, a, a grand slam swing at, at a guy uh, in the seventh round? And, and if he's a, if he's a dud, if he's a, you know, a ground out, then so be it. But, um, you know, it's the main event. You got to take some chances. I knew he wouldn't come back to us, especially with David in the 10 hole. There was no way he'd let him get back to us. So um, we had to take him and, and take a chance. And at least for one week, is paid off. Now, in answering your second part of your question, my hope is that Le'Veon and his agent, I hope he keeps his agent, and I hope his agent keeps telling him to hold out until the uh, till week 10. I fully expect him to be back by week 10 um, because he's going to want that accrued year of, of NFL experience. So um, I'm just hoping for 10 weeks of Connor, and then we'll see where it goes from there.
1: You may even, I mean, there's an entirely realistic possibility that um, even when Bell comes back, if Connor, now Connor's not going to play like this every week, but if he's still, if he's able to to give quality um, performances out of that backfield, there's a real possibility that that he's fantasy relevant the rest of the season, uh, and that Bell is not getting 95 percent of the touches in that backfield. That I don't know if it'll be a 50-50 split but certainly if Connor's getting 30 to 35 percent of the touches in an elite offense like that in Pittsburgh, you could do worse than him as your second flex down the stretch and certainly there's some explosive opportunities there by putting him in your lineup uh, for the um, you know the, the, the playoffs and the championship sprint I, I mean I don't know if it'll work out but we once Bell comes back, I guess my point is like we can't just write Connor off as, as non-startable at that point if he continues to do what he did week one.
2: I think, Balky, to to keep going with this one for just a second, if if you don't mind, you know, as a coach, um, talent is not the most important thing to me. When I'm when I'm coaching and I've got a team, I, I want team chemistry. That's number one. The best teams I've ever had, coaching, have not been the most talented ones. Talented ones. They've been the ones that have had the best team chemistry. And you know, I'm not sure how Bell is going to be received when he comes back. And and I think it all comes down to where is Pittsburgh when he decides to come back are they winning are are they winning the the uh uh, the division are they high up in the in the conference if they are you know those coaches are going to have a tough decision to make yeah it's the NFL and talent wins out but um a lot of those players are not too happy with him right now and I think that's going to be really interesting to watch um you know I'm, I'm a high school coach so you know if our far removed from, from being an NFL coach, that's for sure. And and a different sport at that. But I just think team chemistry is pretty darn important in any sport. And if, if Le'Veon Bell is going to cause a distraction, if he's not wanted back, that's going to
1: be an interesting, uh, uh,
2: decision that those coaches are going to have.
1: I was, uh, I was out to dinner with my, uh, with my family. And there was, uh, this was tonight and there was, uh, um interviews with some of the Steelers offensive linemen and again and I couldn't they didn't have captions on and I I you know there was no sound. I was like, man, I really want to know what they're saying because I guarantee you they're talking about either Connor <laughs> or Bell right now. So I gotta check that out when when I get a chance too. But you make a good point. Um and, and you know the Steelers are at a Super Bowl window too. So it's like, you know, if if they're winning and they're playing well, you don't want to upset the Apple cart too much. Uh bringing a guy in that that obviously has has worn out his welcome clearly with some of his teammates there. Um, uh, two, two guys who are teammates in New Orleans. Uh, they end up being uh, fantasy teammates on your squad here that's in first place of the FFPC main, and that's Drew Breeze and Michael Thomas. I'm curious, after you took Thomas, did that make Breeze to you guys a, a, a little bit more likable, a little bit more draftable, that, that you could get that pairing together on your squad? Or I, I just, I'm just i curious if it was intentional after you got Thomas to, to get Breeze as well.
2: Um, it was not intentional until about two picks before we were ready to pick, um, and that's when both of us looked at each other and and uh, you know put the uh, put the circle around Drew Brees, saying, "Man, we got to we got to really think about this here." It was the uh, it was the tenth round, so it's ten point six for us, and at about ten point three, ten point four, um, we knew he had a serious chance of making it to us, and i'm a wait on the you know a lot of people do that wait on the quarterback wait 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 and, and get somebody in the 12th 13th 14th what have you but getting a drew breeze in the 10th with michael thomas as a pairing made a lot of sense to us um i i honestly it was more billy than me because i wanted to wait a little bit longer um i knew we could get some of the other guys that uh you know are pretty popular in in the 12th round and and uh but it it made a lot of sense, and Billy said man let's let's do this and uh, I said, "Okay, it's too good to pass up, let's do it and glad we did because um man we got seventy five points out of two players that that's just insane
1: yeah, absolutely uh, and oh I mean your whole roster week one, that starting lineup how how enjoyable was that by the way, to see the points pile up when, when you're when you, I don't know if you were following that as well as the games or how were you keeping tabs on this score when you were uh you know this past weekend?
2: Well, um, we were, uh, we were hooked up at the, uh, at the extra lounge there, um, in Planet Hollywood. Um, our, uh, our table was front and center right there. Um, we had a lot of FFPC guys around us and, and watching the games. Um, but I'll I tell you, Balky, I was, I was mad at Burkhead. I was watching that game. Burkhead didn't get double digits. I mean, we had two guys not even getting double digits, and, right. and Peyton Barber. I, I, I put that on Twitter. I know you've seen that. <laughs> yeah. um, 83 percent of touches in a in a forty eight point explosion for his for his team, and uh, he gets like six point nine points. It, it, you know, seriously, that's just it, it irks me because we could have scored two hundred fifty. We had James White on the bench, and we had Godwin on the bench, and both those guys um I could have put them in I I you know obviously I didn't and I wouldn't beforehand um I made the decision based on on you know the information that we had and I thought it was good information but uh in retrospect you know we could have scored 250 but then again there's always I'm sure there's lots of guys in that 2 15 220 225 range they're saying well we could have done this we could have done that and, and it's true um you know so that's just the way it is yeah
1: and, and i'm with you on barber too i was traveling you know as I, I actually got a chance it was my son's birthday on sunday and, and normally i miss it because i'm working on uh, the ffpc stuff in 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 vegas but i actually flew home early on sunday morning this year to to make it in time for his party and uh I, so obviously i, re- I really that's I was awesome trying, i was trying to follow the games as much as i could you know i'm I'm doing some work on the plane or whatever, and and then I get home, I flip on Red Zone uh, early in the afternoon, and I couldn't believe that Saints Buck score, and I knew I had Peyton Barber going in probably three or four leagues, and I'm like, well, this is good for for Barber, you know, because I know I got him at, at good values, and I was able to plug him in, and then I was just so it was so frustrating. This, I'm I'm with you. I mean, like I, you know, we had good weeks, but it's just like y- there there was the potential for more. Um, I'm also, but, and I don't know if you share my feelings on Peyton Barber, I'm also not all that concerned going forward that, I, I mean, he, he's going to have a few big weeks. He got so much of the, of the run in the backfield. I mean, Ronald Jones was inactive for goodness sakes. You had, um, uh, Barber just, you know, sort of being the victim of, of a game plan that really executed well with Tampa just chucking it up to to Evans, to d to Godwin. Um, you know, that New Orleans secondary couldn't cover anybody, and it was just one of those things. It's like, well, we're just going to keep going yeah, that. Yeah, that well was surprising. Until, yeah, and it's like, we're just going to do this until you stop us, and New Orleans never did, so there was never a reason to go to Barber. There will be reasons to go to Barber going forward, so I, I still feel good about the pick. Oh, yeah. I agree when we have, uh, by the time this, this hits the, uh, the Rotoviz website and Apple podcasts, everything like that, um, the waiver wire will have run, uh, tell us uh, a little bit if, if there's anybody you aggressively bid on this week that, that you were hoping to get, um, when you, uh, check the website, uh, Thursday morning to, to see what changes you made. Is there anybody, is, is there any lottery ticket type guys out here that, that, that you're looking at that, that you really bid heavily on, or was this. Kind of a, a unique week one where there wasn't any glaring. Oh my gosh, I got to get this guy uh, type players.
2: In this particular league, as well as as well as the others, um, but in this particular league especially, um, I'm going after Johnny Smith pretty hard. Uh, we need we need tight end help, and I don't expect Jared Cook to do what he did this week every week. Um, in fact, I'd I'd love for him to just. Do that again a couple more times this year, and I'd be thrilled. Um, but uh, um, we need we need depth at the tight end position. So Jonu Smith with Delaney Walker um, being out for the season, going after him. Not really going after Ian Thomas because there's talk about um, Greg Olson trying to rehab his. I don't even understand how he's going to do it. It's it's broken. So, um, but but he says he's going to rehab and then come back in a few weeks. So I'm just I'm just going to stay away from there. Plus, I, I Cam Newton, uh, he can't throw the ball in the ocean if he's sitting in a rowboat. So he he can run really well and and you know he can hopefully pass to McCaffrey about um, forty two times this week because you know I've got him. But um, I don't I don't like Cam throwing the ball that much. So I'm going to stay away from that that situation there. Um, it's Johnny Smith for me. And then somehow um, all 12 of us in that, in that particular draft let Quincy and Nunwa go undrafted. So I'm, I'm going pretty heavily after him because he could add some key depth to the wide receiver position for our team.
1: Yeah, I noticed that it wasn't just your draft. There was actually a few drafts out there, and I was looking at the boards at at PH. I was like, "Wow, Induna didn't get drafted here." One of the guys who actually I work with at the FFPC um, is a is a Jets fan, and he, he was saying the same thing. You know, like why is Induna going undrafted in a 20, 20 round twelve team draft? I said, "Yeah, it is a little surprise." And it's not like he went undrafted in in a lot of drafts. I mean, it was just a few, but it was surprising to see uh, him hanging out there. And then obviously with his weak that he had uh, this past week with Darnold uh, against Detroit. Uh, he is going to be one of those uh, hot names at receiver out there this week. Scott, it has been a pleasure talking to you uh, on the uh, the lowdown. Uh, congrats on being in first place of the FFPC Maine. One last question before I let you go. A stud, is there a stud out there that you actually might consider sitting this week? Uh, not necessarily a guy that you own, but a guy who was chosen in, in the first couple of drafts. Uh, is there a guy out there that you would consider sitting? And then uh, a sleeper that uh, maybe was a double-digit round pick or, or a guy that not a lot of people are thinking about starting this week that you think should
0: be in a lot of lineups? Uh,
2: the I'll give you two studs that if I owned them, and I owned one of them um, several times, that's Peyton Barber. Um, And I don't know if he qualifies as a stud, so I apologize. But, I mean, he is the starting running back for Tampa Bay, and and he did get um, a high percentage of their snaps. So let's let's just give me that leeway, if you would. But he's playing Philadelphia this week, and um, it's very difficult to – unless you've got a first-round or second-round running back um, heavily invested. Um, If you've got any depth at all, I would suggest Peyton Barber be – be benched because Philadelphia is just impossible to run on. Um, the other one is Amari Cooper, just not going to put Amari Cooper in any lineup until he proves it. And, uh, plus they play Denver. So playing Denver is, uh, is going to be tough. Cause number one corner there is, uh, is a stud as far as the sleeper goes. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to give you two names. Uh, one, an easy one. I think, uh, um, Yeldon for Jacksonville is kind of easy because um if Fournette is hurt, that's an easy plug and play. Um but I'll give you one that uh that I think really is is, is a, a cool sleeper, and that's Buck Allen um for Baltimore. Baltimore is uh is gonna be at Cincinnati. I think that's a good matchup. Kenneth Dixon is uh is out. Um, and that leaves just Alex Collins and, and Buck Allen. So I'm not afraid to play Buck Allen in some leagues where I have him. And if I have, like, if I'm sitting, um, both, well, all, uh, New England running backs, you're going against Jacksonville or, or, um, like I said, Barber earlier, whoever, if I, if I need somebody to plug and play, I think Buck Allen's a pretty sneaky pick this week.
1: Yeah, he definitely is. And that's somebody that I, I think, um, uh, High-stakes players are a little bit too low on this year. He should have gone higher uh, for sure. So I like him as well. Honestly, like not even this week, but like every week I think he's a guy that you can look at for sure. Scott, it has been awesome hanging out with you, uh, talking fantasy. Congratulations on the success of being in first place in the main event uh, here uh, after week one. Continued success to you as well. I know you, you've got, probably got about a half-dozen uh, football guys, league titles under your belt, another dozen satellite champs, uh, championships. I think you also have a twenty five hundred dynasty uh, title under your belt as well. So congratulations on that. It is a shame that it has been this long until we've gotten you on the lowdown, but we got you this week, and you didn't disappoint. Thank you so much for hanging out with me this week, man.
2: Balky, thanks. Thanks for asking me. I'm humbled. I'm honored. And uh, on behalf of, uh, of Billy, uh, I really want to thank you for for you know. Taking a look at our team and uh, letting me be on the on, on this show because um, it is an honor. I saw the list of guys who have been on the show with you before and uh, wow, um, I am I'm truly honored. So you're a good dude. It was great seeing you in Vegas and to all the people listening up there, um, if you haven't drafted live with the FFPC, uh, it, 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 you got to do it. It's just something that is just unmatched.
1: A gentleman and a scholar. Follow him on Twitter at CoachJohnson717. Thanks so much, Scott. We'll talk to you again soon, man.
2: Thanks, Bucky. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a roto podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the roto radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at roto Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to roto at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast.